Hey there, homies. Welcome to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast featuring candid conversations about modern society. Please do me a huge favor and follow us on Twitter and IG, both at underscore stuff I don't like, and also subscribe, rate, and review in the podcast app. For a complete listing of where you can listen to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast, please visit stuffidontlike.net. New episodes of the show are posted every Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, let's get it started. Hey, everyone. I'm here with my friend and spiritual advisor, Milan. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Milan. Thank you, Ray, for having me on the podcast. Um... I'm really excited, and as you said, I'm a spiritual advisor, but also your friend. Um, I give angel readings. I have been practicing um, spiritual mechanisms, I guess, for about uh, six to nine years. Um, Of course, though, it's always been in my experience as a child. I do remember having visions or seeing things. I had an imaginary friend. She wasn't imaginary though. She was a spirit that used to talk to me. And I used to say things to my mom like, God said this, like spirit said this, when I was like three. So it's it's funny to hear those things (laughs) as an adult and I remember some of them. Um, But yeah, so this is yeah, I'm here. I'm excited. Let's That's get to great. It. So I wanted to talk about, I guess, like mm-hmm. you were saying, your spiritual, your spirituality and experiences, because I think in modern society, people sort of downplay that. I think mm-hmm. it can either go, go both way. There's people who are like, none of that is real. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's true. Hate <laughs> it. Or there's people that are just like mystical hippies. Yeah, think. Well, it's all real. Right. <laughs> like, like very, uh, one end of the spectrum. Yeah, it's very extreme. Yeah, extreme. And so There's I feel no balance. Yeah, there is mm-hmm. no balance. So I guess I'd like to educate people on, yeah. you know, your experience. and. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've definitely ran into people who don't believe um, that there's intuition or that it's even natural or there's psychic phenomenon. And honestly, like, I've given readings to them, which is weird. You think they wouldn't be open, but they think it's not real, so they don't care. (laughs) And then I start, like, getting information, and it freaks them out because they're assuming that no one can really do that. But I like to think that it's more scientific and that the idea of being psychic is something super super, but it's natural. (laughs) It's just natural. It's supernatural. That everyone has this instinct in them to kind of like feel out what's in the room. Like we needed this instinct. We had to be able to read other people. You were doing it naturally as a child. Like when you were a baby, an infant, you didn't know what was going on in the world. So you were using all your feelings to figure that out. You had no defense mechanisms other than what you were feeling, right? And using your your vocal, like crying or whatever to send out a message. Um, So I feel like it's a combination of both, but the extreme people who just like, I think they're really afraid because number one, if it exists, and that means people, that means you can't hide from people. Like I really feel like that's the root of it. They Ooh. they don't know. They don't want to appear as who they really are. They either are not aware of who they really are, so they're kind of like living in an illusion. Like they're just doing what they've been thought, what they thought they should be doing in life. Um, what their mother told them, what their father told them, what society tells them to be. It's kind of like a person who's racist but has like no real like experience 
like a like a skinhead being like, I hate black people because they all like they all like take all our water. And then someone goes, What do you mean? Like you drink the water too. It's just that kind of like there's a lack of knowledge of of knowing that what how they're living life just it could be different. And um, so and then I think they get feel really threatened that someone can peek into their life and see things about them that they're not even comfortable or ready to share with themselves. So I think that's it's fear-based there. It doesn't exist because it's fear-based. And if I look at the world that way, then that means that there are things that I can learn or know about the world that I'm not ready to be open to. Oh, wow. Once you know things, once you're aware of stuff, once you open up a door, you can never really go back into where you were before. And I think a lot of people are afraid of growth. Um, we've been told it's safer to stay a certain way. So that's how I would view that extreme. Now, the hippy-dippy, like, floaty-woaty, <laughs> they have a different kind of relationship to reality and the idea that's all, everything's spiritual, everything's a sign, everything means something. <laughs> like, yo, this you this fell on your foot, oh, my God. Like, all these superstitions. It's coming from a fear base as well. It's coming from, like, well... The world would be so much better if everyone saw it this way, which is not very, it's not true, but also to like the belief that everything is talking to you and everything is spiritual and everything is, um, it can be overwhelming. You can lose touch with reality when something doesn't work. Like let's say you got an intuitive hit that something's supposed to happen and it doesn't happen. It can crush your world because you're not being present with the world. And the thing is, to be honest, we need both. So like we need the spiritualism. We need to believe in something outside of us that's stronger and there's a mechanism that's helping co-create with us but we also need this reality base which is like but I still have to do action here like I still have to be present here this still needs to occur here um so that's kind of like how we view it the hippy dippy thing is fun though at least (laughs) because they're more like um they're less they're less to go to anger because they've been told it's wrong. So I would say that they're more open and receptive to a communication and understanding and seeing things a certain way and being forgiving. Whereas like I feel like when you're on the other side of the spectrum, all it is is negativity, judgment, and control. Um, but they're both, both extremes aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. I think you got to find the balance. You should, I still, you know, I mean, I still have drinks occasionally. I don't drink a lot because it's not good for me in a physical way, but not because I'm spiritual. Like, there's some people that feel like they have to give up things that they enjoy that have been deemed negative in a spiritual community, and that's not the truth either. You just need to make healthy choices. That's true. Moderation is Mm -hmm. key. Moderation is key. Yeah. And I I really am into studying different religions Mm -hmm. as well as science and physics and I think it's funny I honestly think it's all the same thing when I I study about quantum physics Mm -hmm. and I study about you know the nature of spirit to me those are the same and I, I was reading you know a book about quantum theory for those people who don't know like when we look at the world it looks pretty solid everything I'm sitting on a couch I don't like disappear through the couch right yeah you don't fall (laughs) into the ground it seems pretty solid but on a quantum level we realize that most things are space they're Mm -hmm. not solid um Mm -hmm. your atoms whether it's a chair or a person everything's constantly uh constantly moving around and most of things are space it's just arranged in a way that makes it appear solid but it's not actually solid and there's a duality um 
there's something called particle wave duality. Mm -hmm. So light can be a particle and a wave. And what that Mm -hmm. means is that it can be, you know, a wave is something that's not solid, like a, like a microwave or sound waves versus a particle, which would be, you know, a physical piece. Mm -hmm. And they actually change depending on observation. (laughs) So they're, they're done experiments. So if you put light and uh, it might be a wave in the box when Mm -hmm. no one's looking at it, and then you look at it and it turns into a particle. So that proves that just the act of observation is creation. Mm. And I think when you have this knowledge, it's very empowering it because is. when you realize that most things are just a, everything is just a projection mm-hmm. of your own mind. It's kind of trippy. To it think, is trippy. Think about this, but you know, this is science it's proves powerful. this. Yeah. yeah. Science proves this. So does spirituality. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very once you take responsibility that, yeah. hey, it's just all in my head, mm-hmm. it's hard because I think the natural reaction is to blame other people for right. things. But once you realize a lot of stuff that happens is in my own head. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you said, there's reality. Mm-hmm. There's people that you know don't have food. There's people that are discriminated against. No one's denying that yeah. this is true. You can't control, you know, what happens to you, but you can always control the response to it. And I think that's the key. And I think a lot of spiritualists get their heart broken because they want to change the world. Um, But something that a thought came in when you were talking about, like, your reality or, like, how both of them are the same. So, like, physics and then the idea of spiritualism. And, like, so mysticism is just science unexplained that's why it's mystical and then second to that it's kind of like when you think of religions and you think about how they always have like this one key individual um that was here to help bring a salvation to people there's usually one individual that's doing that but the but the key points in all religion are almost all the same you just take the different people faces or experiences put it on so it's kind of like the idea of that it's like spiritual people are thinking oh it's all this mystical stuff happening and then science is going well no it's it's all this we've proven it but it's exactly the same thing it's just being uh, communicated in different ways for different people to reach into it or understand understand it so i think it's it's good to see that and recognize that that also too um we are just making it all up as we go along like that's hard for people to absorb and you talked about like how there's a lot of power in knowing like once you take action and look at something it it can transform or change but I also feel like a lot of people don't want to have that power like they don't want to know that they have control over their life that there is no um there's nothing holding them back but how they're perceiving things or what action they haven't decided to take or you know how they're looking at things like um for example and this is I guess it's going a little off topic, but um, I have a cousin and he lives in, in New Orleans and he was talking about racism there and he was saying how like he, you know, people are keeping the black man down. Like, in, you know, it's 2017. Like, this is something I was hearing from my, my grandmother. You know, she used to say things like that. So I was saying to him, I was like, well, maybe you need to move. 
And he was like, no, I don't, I don't want to move. And he was like, I just want these people to change. And I said, yeah, but maybe you need to move to a different area where people think different and there's more diversity because then you will feel more liberated. You'll feel like you can achieve what you want. You can feel like you can have the goals that you want to have and nothing's in your way. But he had this resistance to getting out of a space because he felt like the space should be conducive to his thoughts. But the thing is, you're not taking action. You're not changing that particle. You're not looking into it and going, okay, well, I don't like this. Where, what can I do? What's my, where's my power? I don't have to be in this space. Like, I can go somewhere and visit somewhere new and learn how different people think. So a lot of it is perception. A lot of it is holding on to ideas that make us feel safe. So even the spiritual people have these ideas about certain things, um, which can kind of teeter-tot on being paranoid or having superstitions too to be careful of that but it does happen and and they're so afraid of letting it go because then it, it can it can be a domino effect of what the reality is right yeah that's yeah. that's one thing because like I said I do read a lot of sort of metaphysical <laughs> books yeah. one of my favorites is called the game of life by mm-hmm. Florence Scovel Shin I don't know if you've read that but I think like what you said about you know black people it's very mm-hmm. true that's why I, I honestly yeah. thought I wanted to write a book that about sort of like the secret but for black, yeah, but people, for black people because I think yeah uh, like white supremacy is real no one's mm-hmm. denying that it's there but <laughs> I feel like one of the greatest tricks of white supremacy is not in the actual oppression of people Mm -hmm. it's in the boxes that they create to place you in yeah and that black people have thrived in every era Mm -hmm. of history they really have it doesn't matter if people were slaves there were still people that were not slaves Mm -hmm. and people were thriving there's people when there's segregation there's people thriving you know there's people that have thrived in every era despite whatever you know stereotypes Mm -hmm. or chains were placed on them they said you know I'm not gonna do this I'm gonna do it my way yeah and so I think the greatest tool that we have to overcome oppression is in our minds and just deciding I'm not going to be who they want me to be I'm going to be my own person and to me that's what we need to be teaching kids and Mm -hmm. adults too like yeah you don't have to be what they created you to be Mm -hmm. you can be whatever you want Mm -hmm. and once we all realize that then the sky's the limit you can be who you want to be and there was people in the past that really made an effort to be expressive, to be out of the norm. And thankfully, it has created tolerance in this day and age for differences. And not the whole, our whole country isn't like that, but there are definitely very strong parts of our country that tolerate or open to diversity, open to ideas, open to exploring and not judging and just allowing, um, as long as a Christian not hurting people. But... It's, it's here, but it's because in the past there were people, like you said, who were thriving, who weren't willing to be like, I'm going to be stuck in this box. Like, you can't tell me what to do. Some of them had to fight for it. Some of them didn't. Yeah. Like, I have a family um, on my mother's side. They were, I mean, my aunt used to say this because they were some, none of them passed. They all looked like they were white, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, they were black. Or back then they were defined as black because no one was like mixed race back then. 
So um, my aunt used to say, have a saying. She was my great-great-aunt. She would say, I'd re- much rather be the top of the bottom than the bottom of the top. <laughs> so what she was saying was, in the black community, we are like the entrepreneurs. We're the rich people. We're the people that they look up to. And it wasn't because of the color. It was because they use, they use the fact that, okay, here's a community that needs things. We can be a part of this community, but we can be the people that are creating it. So we're at the top. Whereas like if they were to go in the white neighborhood and be like, we're going to start here, they had to start with different connections, new people. They would be at the bottom. So like they own casinos. My great-grandmother was um, the first woman to have a taxi cab service oh, in her wow. town. Like very entrepreneur. And so like people knew who they were. Like they, they had the first black debutante. My grandmother Ooh. was in it. So like I come from this family of like, where they were thriving, like, there was racism, there was things going on, but they were at the top of the bottom, like, they were like, okay, where can we still make this happen, but it's a choice, it was a choice in, in their mother's mind to really pursue her dreams, to really just, she's a woman on top of that, but to, like, make that effort, so, um, yeah, I, 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 you have to really be willing to be yourself, and then if people you're around aren't accepting of that, find your new tribe, Mm-hmm. Like, find new people. Find and people. like you said, your grandmother made, you know, these businesses for her community. Mm-hmm. I think you need to support people in your yeah. community. Stop. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I feel like a lot of black people, their problems are trying to emulate white people yes, instead of making in. their own mm-hmm. stuff. Like, right. you don't have to do what they do. Make no. your own lane. Yeah. Support your own people. Like, all other communities. Right. Uh, they're, like, I uh, grew up a part of my life in Irvine where mm-hmm. there's lots of Asian people. You know, the Asians yeah. have the whole block of their businesses. Yes. <laughs> the Asians yes. supporting their businesses. Mm-hmm. They're making money. Like, they're creating restaurants and, mm-hmm. and grocery stores and bakeries for, to serve their community, serving, you know, goods and foods right. that, you know, uh, the white people don't have. So mm-hmm. they're, they're catering to their market, you right. know. We could cre- we could do the we could same. do the same, and I think it it boils down to like there's some kind of insecurity. Like you know, like when you feel like an outsider and you really want to be in something, and you start adjusting yourself and not being who you are so that you could fit into something, and then you have proving yourself that you're enough. Now you know it's kind of like I feel like that is like the draw to like want to achieve what the white community has achieved. I'm. I'm the top there instead of looking, well, what are the needs in my own community and, and what are the needs that that community needs to thrive so that they can, I can be a part of that and I can be looked up to in that community. Um, but I feel like it is driven, like it's, it's very, I don't have the right words for it. Um, but it's like a a socio, like, um, like a really back, like a psychology, like something else is driving the need to feel like I am enough. I'm going to show you I'm enough by doing what you do. Um, but I think that's what's driving, uh, some people in the black community to, it's an insecurity. Yeah. Like I need to prove it to you. Yeah. Which is understandable. Yeah. Like you said, you gotta take responsibility for yourself. Yes. (laughs) Bring it back to the community and, and rise up and show, no one no one needs to know if you're doing good like that's the interesting thing Mm -hmm. like if you're a person that knows you're doing good you don't really need to shout it out on top of the rooftop you just are and then people are drawn to that and I think 
once we focus more on ourselves, once we get more in touch with what is my good, what makes me feel complete, and am I doing right for me, and um, then you have a better self-expression and you're not trying to showboat or like prove yourself to anyone because you already know. That's true. Yeah. And I think with, I guess going back to spirituality. Yes, all This is all related. (laughs) But like I, like I said, I'm really into science and psychology. And I discovered um, some lectures by Joseph Campbell. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I listen to like lectures on Spotify (laughs) when I'm at work, like. Most people listen to music. I'm listening to like but random see, you're your brain. <laughs> anthropology yeah, lectures. I'm kind of like that too. But, and so he had <laughs> one lecture that was very interesting, mm-hmm. and he was talking about um, schizophrenia. Okay. And he was saying how a lot of what we label schizophrenia in Western culture in other cultures that where you know spirituality is more open and discussed that they are just labeled as shaman yes because they uh, are having like a spiritual yeah they have they can communicate exactly he said the other side exactly they can talk to the the archetypes and they um like you said they can have a connection with they can sort of see the multi dimensions mm-hmm. of different timelines, different things. Right. And so these people, because they're allowed to have mm-hmm. that experience and no one is stigmatizing them and calling them crazy, right. they're allowed to explore that and yeah. benefit the, their community. Whereas here, because we want, we've gone so far away from spirituality, mm-hmm. when someone has a, a, a break from reality, yes. which it is, Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't be, I guess, stigmatizing this. We should allow people to explore these sort of breaks. Yeah, and I agree. Because if you, if it seems normal and natural and it, and you know people recover from it, like if you allow it, then people can actually learn something and do better. And I think when you make a judgment and say, no, this is not natural, this is not something that should be happening, when it happens all the fucking time. <laughs> plenty of people, this is very normal, um, and there's plenty of people that have had mental breakdowns, and I've had many as well, and it is always a spiritual experience afterwards. I become a very clear person. I get messages. And I think if, if people, I am in a community that understand that. Like, I remember the first time I had a breakdown and I was with friends who were, like, raw. They had their own, like, uh, vegetable garden in the back. Oh, like, they were, like, those types of to people. Be. <laughs> yeah. And um, and they, I was crying with them. And I was, like, oh, my God. I was so frustrated. Like, blah, blah. And they were, like, I'm so happy for you. I'm, like, what are you talking about? And they're, going, you're having a breakthrough. You're, ha- mm. you're breaking through your ego consciousness that is keeping you doing a certain patterning. So this crying out, this uh, tantrum that you're experiencing this breakthrough where you feel like you're losing your mind you are you're losing a part of your mind that was keeping you a certain way and be willing to see through that and walk to the next step you'll find your balance again and you do so i do think that um mental illness or like schizophrenia or those honestly spiritualism like the things that i've seen and experienced it's similar to that like i cannot lie to you like There are times when I'm having, like, I've had visions or I've been in a room, like, this has happened a couple months ago. 
I was in a meeting at work because I have a day job too, and like I was having I was having an intense anxiety attack for no reason. Like there was nothing going on, and I was like, "What is?" Ha-? And I felt crazy because I was like, I couldn't concentrate, couldn't be there. I was I was just like not. I just it was hard, and then like it just passed. Like there was something going on physically in my body that you know that I related it to later. Like I was actually this is a lot of information, but I was passing a blood clot, which I think activated some kind of nerve endings for me and made me go into a place of like that anxiety feeling. But I feel like it, these are like the way, like every time I've had that, every time I've seen someone break through an emotion, they, if they are strong enough and have the support and it's not seen as something negative, they they come out of it like almost like that lotus out of the muddy water like they just become this more beautiful stronger person and uh yeah so I I believe in that too I think especially in shamanistic or native cultures in the past it is seen as something sacred Mm -hmm. you're breaking through a process and it's interesting how nowadays we define things that have been occurring naturally for a long time as something negative yeah, and there's even a recent TED talk that was mm-hmm. about the same thing. I I can't remember who yeah. gave it offhand, but I'll post the link in the notes if you guys want to listen. But I think the I think there's some sort of misunderstanding of mm-hmm. what is quote unquote normal. Yeah, no one's normal, and I feel like our society tries to force people into, I guess, states of happiness mm-hmm. all the time. But you're that not going to be happy all the time. <laughs> like, if you live a life, like, depression is fine. Yeah. So if you're depressed 24-7 every day your whole life, that's not fine. No, but but you, if something happens and you're depressed, yeah. that's a natural reaction. Natural. It would be unnatural mm-hmm. if you're expected to be happy and right. your circumstances around you are yes. depressing. Like, yeah. depression is natural. Mm-hmm. It's natural to feel anxiety sometimes. It is. It's all of these it's states. Your, it's, your, it's your body's mechanism of communicating to you. It's your intuition showing up and saying, hey, something's off or something's not right. Or I am feeling this way. I'm perceiving this situation a certain way. And all my whole, my whole body's responding to it. And then when you get really in tune with that, you can start walking in the rooms and feeling stuff that is not yours and being like, okay, that may, I, this person's going through this. Yeah. And that's kind of how my mechanism works. But all those responses, like anxiety, depression, happiness, anger, they're natural. If they weren't, if they weren't, they wouldn't be here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we just need to. I guess we don't really teach kids about emotional health. No, we teach we them a lot of facts to memorize yeah. that some are helpful. A lot of aren't helpful to actual how a human lives yeah and so I think if we just taught people that you know having emotions besides being happy is okay it is you're supposed to experience these emotions and if we just teach people to to live in their emotions and be okay that doesn't mean you're consumed by Mm -hmm. them like I said but to I feel like I went through that when I was younger that I thought I had to be happy all the time because I'm like a naturally, you know, chill type Mm -hmm. of person, but I get sad sometimes. I get mad, but I felt like it was wrong to be Mm -hmm. upset. And a lot of spiritual communities have that idea that you should not be feeling anger or frustration 
or depression. And honestly, it's not true. Those are all intuitive mechanisms. And to not allow yourself to have a range of emotion or or a response to situations in your life is just it's it's ridiculous yeah how are you supposed to get through something yeah i how, think you are you just supposed to you know your father <laughs> passes away and you're just supposed to be like oh well yeah like i'm not supposed to be angry about this or <laughs> feel guilty or have shame around it or be mad i'd like no you exactly. are allowed to have your feelings you know, and, and especially if they're, you need to process your feelings. That's why they're there. Right? Yeah. And I think the longer you push them away, mm-hmm. the worse it becomes. Oh, yeah. It becomes like a monster then. Yeah. And then people start talking, spiritual people in the community start talking about how they have like demons visiting them, and, like, <laughs> negative energy around them. And like, this keeps happening to me. Well, you know why? Because you have this untapped emotion that you're not willing to look at and process, and it keeps haunting you. It keeps showing up in all your interactions because your brain goes, there it goes again, there it goes again. We haven't looked at it, we haven't looked at it, and it, you will interpret everything that's happening in your life from that lens. So you, spiritual people, will interpret that as negative energy, but all it is is the negative energy is this unprocessed emotions you haven't really been willing to embrace or feel. And it's so much easier. Like I felt I um, took a meditation class Mm -hmm. a few years ago and it was a once a week, an hour. And one of the sessions, our, our teacher told us, we're just going to live in our emotions. Hmm. Like if you're sad, I just want you to sit there and whatever you're sad about, just think about it and allow yourself to just be sad. Like, and I had never like I said, I would always, if something sad popped in my head, I'm like, okay, push that out. Yeah. Happy now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I literally was just sad. And it, it, I learned that if I just deal with my emotions as they come and just like, okay, I'm going to go with this. Mm-hmm. I actually got over things much quicker. Yes. Like if I'm sad, I'm just going to take some time and mm-hmm. just be sad. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pretend I'm not sad. And I, things I was able to let go of emotion so much more quickly when you just look at it and let it in i think yeah that's the truth like you it we're that's the part the emotional intelligence part that we haven't been taught it's like if you just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and know that by feeling it completely and intensely it will pass yeah and then you will be one with it and there's no longer a feeling of like it's negative energy or just separate from me just like, okay, I was feeling that way. I'm going to allow myself to feel that way. Then it goes away. Yeah. And like you said, I think there's misconceptions about, especially meditation. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think it's supposed Religious to. Religious or something. Yeah, yeah. Or that you're just supposed to not think anything. Oh, yeah. You can't. You're, you have a brain. You can't just not think. think. about It's stuff. more about not getting caught up in, in your thoughts. thoughts. Yeah. They come and go. That's this what it's about. It's not about, like, my mind is empty. Right. Yeah. And have you noticed in, like, the last, like, I don't know, five to ten years, like, there's, there's this been pro- progre- there has been this progression to, like, incorporate a lot of spiritual tools that have been around for eons or whatever into, like, Western modern living, mm-hmm. like yoga. Cultural and appropriation. Yeah, we are culturally <laughs> appropriating spiritualism. But for I also, profit. For yeah. profit. But it actually is kind of working, like, for yeah. just the humanity's evolution. At least I noticed that. Like, people are a little op- more open. And then when they get open, they get interested, and then they start seeing the world differently, and they even behave or relate to the world in a different way. Like, 
um, for me, I know my uncle and his wife got into yoga like three years ago, and I, I occasionally visit my family. I don't see them that often, but I was there visiting them like, who are these people? Like, they're just so calm. Like, they're just like, you know, because normally you get in the house, like, everyone's talking all over each other, and like, there's a lot of, uh, like, bickering, but it's like funny, and, and I'm, I'm not like that, so I generally don't engage, but they were just so different. And then it comes out that they have been doing yoga, and I was like, this might be why. <laughs> Like, it just made them different. There's some kind of physical, like, the, the physical movement and the brain relation and the emotional, like, clarity that comes through those movements. Um, it changes how you respond and behave or how you perceive in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think meditation should be done everywhere. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was reading about um, a school mm-hmm. in, I, I want to say it was Atlanta, uh, some southern state, where the kids, when they get detention, they, they t- tell them to meditate mm-hmm. instead of, like, yeah. you know, just sitting there. And I thought that was so interesting. I think that's interesting. And I also think in the same article, is this the one I read too, they were saying that it started, the children started behaving differently mm-hmm. and that there was less need for this detention. Like yeah. their, their, their insight or whatever, they calmed down their mind or they got in touch with whatever and they just were different. Yeah. And I, honestly, it's just about you being like, oh my God, I'm doing too much in the world and I need to tune into myself. Because yeah. when we're doing too much in the world, we're not taking care of ourselves, we tend to act out. Mm-hmm. We tend to act radical instead of looking within. And sometimes we just got to, get back with ourselves and then we can be like okay life is good life is chill that's true yeah so meditate everyone meditate <laughs> it's good for your health so Milan, yes. what are some tips uh-huh. that you recommend for people to develop their own intuition okay um number one trust your gut so when you hear or feel or know something trust it like don't question it because that's that's how you build the muscle you just kind of go oh, I walked into this room, my stomach's turning, this is not right, and you're looking around the room, and you're like, well, I don't know, I just don't feel good, just leave, like, <laughs> just, just trust, trust that you, whatever you're feeling is right, now, I mean, it gets a little tricky, because sometimes we have our fears that get in the way from us doing stuff, but um, when you're, when you're, get used to the mechanism of understanding how your body's communicating to you, um, spiritually, whether it's through a thought, a word, some people hear things, some people feel things, some people see things, some people know things, um, whatever your strongest suit is, um, you start really, really practicing listening to it and not doubting it. And usually it starts out very quiet. Like I, okay, right now I'm practicing it in dating. Like I go on dating apps and like, I literally like while I'm swiping, I will just go, no, no, no. And like the times when I'm like, no, but maybe I'm wrong. And I swipe right. I was like, damn it, I was fucking right. So I started to learn. I just got to like trust that even if it doesn't make sense, like all their pictures are showing up a certain way that I'm feeling something that's not for me. Mm -hmm. That's all that mechanism is. So you want to exercise that muscle, um, trusting your gut. Next, I would say meditate or um, get in tune with really learning how to listen, like how to get quiet. Because all of the guidance, all of the um, spiritual um, abundance that can come to you really comes in places of silence and, and peace. And I give the best readings, or actually I can, I can only give readings when I have space, when I'm quiet, when I meditate. If I'm anxious, if I'm like, Thinking of something else, the reading is not great because I'm not able to hear or be present with the very subtle 
things that spirit or spirituality communicates. It's never big. Um, usually it's very subtle. Mm. And then you get used to it, and then it gets, it's like someone, just like your friend talking to you. It becomes very natural. It's never really loud. The only time I've noticed when things are loud is when it's an emergency or like something really bad is not happening. I'm not listening. So it gets really loud. Like I remember one time I was, I was at my friend's house and I, I was sleeping and I woke up, I heard this voice yelling at me, what am I doing here? And I was like, ah! and I looked in the room, I was like, wait, you're right. I shouldn't be here. Like, <laughs> like I'm just not listening to myself. Um, so what else can you do to help grow spiritually, right? Meditation, getting in tune with yourself, trusting yourself. A lot of it's a self stuff. Um, you can always get involved in other spiritual communities. Like I do think, you know, following or being involved in a group helps expand anything you're trying to like focus on and learn. But trusting your guidance. Also too, if you do like have very intense dreams, uh, I would say start jot remembering your dreams and writing them down, like jotting them down when you wake up so you get into practice of really uh, paying attention to those messages. So a lot of it is like you're getting messages, but the more you pay attention to them, the easier it becomes to receive them and to remember them and to deliver them. But if you're just getting messages and you're not paying attention and you're just like whatever, it doesn't, it, it's not a value, so you're never going to see it the way it could how it is benefiting you. So I would say if you're having dreams, write those down. What else? Because um, I'm really in this space of promoting, like, self-awareness and you're your own spiritual tool. And, like, you can look outside of you and you can go to yoga classes, you can meet gurus, you can travel the world, you can read books, and that's all great as long, you know, if that's what you're drawn to. You need the information and the knowledge to get to a place where you know that you can call on spirit or something bigger than you to give you messages so you don't need tools um but the tools are great to get you there but i really feel like it's all within you and it's just a want to know more you know and then trusting what you're getting like that's literally it it's just wanting to know more trusting what you're getting if you want to develop a business like i have then you need participants though so you have to practice on others and see if you're actually hitting uh, the intuitive bell, like if you're if you're resonating, if your readings are resonating with them, if what the energy you're picking up resonates as well, um, and that's how you kind of fine tune and, and learn and get better. I would say, I mean, is that answering your question? Yeah, yeah, I think that's very good advice. Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all your own journey. Like everyone has their own their own experience with it. So spirit will lead you, and you'll be led to whatever your next step is to grow. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Thank yeah. you, Milan, You're for welcome. being on the show. As I said, I'll put links for TED Talk and Joseph Campbell books and lectures if you guys want to listen to those. And peace be upon you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ray. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. If you did like what you heard today, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and the podcast app. Also, do yourself a favor and follow me on the gram. My feed is lit. You will enjoy it for sure at underscore stuff I don't like. You can also stream the show on SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. 
Just visit stuffidontlike.net for a complete listing of all the places you can find my show. Thanks, and come back next Sunday at 9.30 p.m. for a new episode. Bye.